0: やりきれない What's up, guys? I'm Tyler Hosley, and if I sound terrible tonight, it's because I just finally started to get my voice back. I've been sick for like six days. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get through this episode without passing out, but yay.
1: I'm Dave Gray, and this week I learned... I, I I I got I got I got nothing. Oh oh, today uh, we're recording on Friday. We usually record earlier in the week, but this week it's it's Friday, uh, and today is the two hundred fifteenth anniversary of the birth of Edgar Allan Poe. Yay! I
2: mean, did he do anything that made much of an impact, though, Dave?
1: I mean, yeah. you know, he he wrote some things that some folks remember. See, that's not a joke you make. I live too close to Baltimore to make that joke. Ah, they—they they, Baltimore loves Edgar yeah. deeply. Yes, deeply.
2: I read. I can't remember what it's. It might have just been called "Quoth the Crow." It was a a, a crow spin-off book that used uh, quite a bit of Edgar Allan Poe in it. Oh,
1: um, I'm I'm sure. It's
2: quite an enjoyable read. I
1: haven't read that one. I, now I'm going to look that up. Like while well, you guys are talking, I'm gonna be low key looking that up.
2: I think I think it was just called Quoth the Crow. I used to um, I used to have it. I I got it as a gift, and I quite enjoyed it. But I would hesitate to fully recommend it to you because you'll find about a hundred mistakes by page ten. And then just tell me it was a piece of shit, and you'll be like, "Why, Kevin? Why would you give me this piece of shit? Why would you I, put this in my mind?" I would
1: not do that. Would. I I would, I would, maybe do that. I would not do that. <laughs> I would. Oh, here it is. The crow quotes the crow. I thought I read all the crow books. <clears throat> you maybe read all the
2: decent ones and I this think. one is just the worst like I can't remember <laughs> and I don't know if there was um uh, I can't recall if maybe. at the time I could pick up on all the, the threads linking the pool
1: material I enjoyed it though that's all uh, I recall I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to bootleg the shit out of this oh it's Dave Bisch- David Bischoff uh <laughs> I'm gonna geek out a little he uh he wrote um, some alien comics. I I liked back in the Diz-A. Oh yeah, Look at me geeking out. Well,
2: after all the uh, COVID conversation, I am Kevin Matthews, and this week I have a a grievance again with other people on talking on podcasts, and why why don't people just flock to us? And accept what we say with good sense and good grace. I was listening to a podcast, right, which is they were discussing NOPE. Now, I love NOPE, but we live in a world where I can accept other opinions. That's fine. So if you hated NOPE, that's fine. If you're indifferent to it, that's fine. But now I think, you have you seen NOPE yet, Dave?
1: Yeah, I, I went did. opening weekend. Yeah, I, oh, was, I couldn't. I, couldn't I was like, "Yeah, I fuck thought, yeah!" I, was... I thought Tyler had seen it, and then you no, hadn't it. To... No, I'm sorry, it was not opening weekend because uh, oh. Killa was still living with me, so I went the mm. Tuesday after it opened.
2: So we've all seen it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm still not going to get spoiler, but basically, so these people uh, were going in to see it. It was one of those shows where, right, we're going in, and then we're going to watch and we'll discuss it after. Fine, fine, fine. What the. Uh, decide to discuss about it criticisms here things like there, fine but then they mention the opening scene or the the early sequence with the chimp and uh, they both talk around it and express their annoyance that it is a plot point that doesn't go anywhere and I'm like, well it's it's kind of tied to one of the, yeah it's kind of tied to one of but the central that, themes of the
1: film. But that's like, that is like the underlying motivate, like every, the whole last act. Yeah, I know. Okay.
2: I was just I'm like, you have the right to your opinions, but if you're going to discuss something on a podcast, you probably should have a slightly more informed opinion because to <clears throat> miss, to miss that, to me, feels like quite a big mess. And this is Raiders of the Podcast. Yay! (laughs) Such a lengthy tangent, I'm sorry. I was just, I was so mad. I was so mad while listening. I'm like, you know, people listening to their conversation who haven't seen the film will maybe be making up this big problem in their mind that isn't there. You could find many other problems if you don't like the film, that's fine, but that's not one of them. (sighs) I didn't have a mega busy week. Well, I mean, I've had a busy week in other ways, but not with movies, uh, unfortunately. So uh, there are a few I still got under my belt. I can't recall if it was before or after last week's episode when I... Told you guys about watching, uh, re watching In the Line of Fire? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, all right. I'd already mentioned that. Well, it's still awesome. There you go. Uh, I watched Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which was uh, quite a delight. And everyone had been saying that. I was a little bit hesitant at being quite uh, well known as I'm not a teenage girl. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's great. The cast is great. There's a lot there to. I think if you have uh, you know gone through girlhood to womanhood, there's plenty to empathise with, plenty of uh, recognisable moments. If you uh, haven't gone through that particular journey, there's plenty to sympathise with and still plenty of recognisable moments in terms of family dynamics. And just, you know, as you're growing up and making friends and learning about sort of different uh, classroom and school loyalties and and rules and things that chop and change. Uh, quite, quite wonderful. Have you two seen that?
1: I haven't. Now, I mean, you know, I I'm familiar with the book, but I haven't. Yeah, not yet. Everyone's familiar
2: with the book, I think. I, again, I think it's a, a big thing over your way. Yeah, uh, every every over here.
1: like everybody born. But <laughs> I'm trying to remember when the book came out. Um, but like everybody in like this, like there's a good 40 year period. Yeah. <laughs> We're like eighty percent of the folks born in that period have have read it.
2: I mean if if it's yeah, you know if the if the film's captured a lot of that, then it's wonderful. I know that uh, I was reading out that Judy Bloom didn't want a film made a book for a long, long time. And then this uh director also I think adapted it for the screen, uh, Kelly Freeman Craig and and I think did a really good job, and I I know that lots of people who were fans of the book were fans of the film, so that's uh, that's quite wonderful for them. What isn't so wonderful is it's I watched Lyft on Netflix, right? Uh, Kevin Hart film. He leads a team that are going to rob a plane while it's in the air. Now, I don't want to dismiss every Netflix film as not a film. Uh, Same with things on Prime or anything that goes straight to Disney Plus. Things that drop straight on streaming services aren't necessarily not films because they are made a certain way and put on there. But there are some that while you're watching, you can't help but think, yeah, this this is created more as content than a film. So they've obviously built this around having Kevin Hart in the lead. They've done some deal with him. They've got a a mixed bag of supporting players. Uh, It was nice to see Vincent D'Onofrio in a, a supporting role, but he wasn't used to his best. They have some fancy planes. You get shots of... Nice locations. Jean Reno has a small role. It's just glossy. It's slick. It's soulless. wasn't that funny? Wasn't that um, like plausible? You know, one of those things where you can spot every turn that's coming about half a dozen scenes before it happens easily. And this is coming from me. And I always remind people that I never see twists coming. So it's it's not good. It's it's really vapid. It's probably marginally better than Heart of Stone, but it's it's at that level. So I don't advise it to anyone apart from Dave when, when I want Dave to cry. And uh, I also watched Destroy All Neighbours. It was on Shudder. It was uh, a reasonably enjoyable horror comedy. Kind of just made me want to rewatch watch Freak Doll. But, uh, yeah, I'll wait and and see what Dave says about that. That's me.
1: Well, spoilers. Yeah, I watched uh, Destroy All Neighbors. I, I don't know. Uh, I think the effects were really good. Like, it looked really cool. The practical effects were were awesome. I I just don't feel the comedy landed. Like, there's a lot of good ideas there. And there's some fun bits that I just... Like, comedy either works for you or it doesn't. And it was just too much of the same joke. And too much of jokes I've seen before. It was, you know... Others will probably enjoy it more. It's just, for me, it just didn't... It didn't land. I was really hoping for something you know, something fresh and fun. And it was just, I've seen this. Uh, Yeah. I I probably would have enjoyed watching freaked again more. I mean, this, this is going to sound bad, but I think uh, the big problem was Jonah Ray. He's just kind of there. Like He never feels like he's really engaging with the others around him. He's just kind of there. And that's, Kind of always an issue with Jonah Ray for me. Uh, But, you know, whatever. Others will like it more. The effects were good.
0: Uh, I watched a couple Japanese movies. Not much, just two. I watched um, Robo Geisha. Some poor CGI aside, some really poor CGI, actually. It was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one, and I watched Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl, which I loved. It's not quite as good as like Tokyo Gore Police or Machine Girl, but it's pretty damn close. I mean, lots of that signature spraying blood, decapitations, limbs flying. It's it's a fucking blast. And if, like I said, if you like Tokyo Gore Police or any of those those crazy Japanese gore movies from like the mid two thousands, you'll dig. uh, Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. It's it's good stuff. Better than Robo Geisha, which I also didn't hate. It's just God, that's some CGI in that is just so fucking poor. Really poor CGI. But it's fun. And
2: uh, that's me. I I genuinely expected just a list of Japanese porn titles from you, Tyler. So you could just say, Oh, that was home homework.
0: No, I, I, I save those. those for the actual
2: episodes.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, next year, to get ready for Rise of the Machine Girls, baby. This week, we watched the 2015 anime or manga adaptation sci-fi action comedy Assassination Classroom and the 2023 uh, horror... Film, I'm I, I'm going to totally fuck this up. Sorry, uh, Bakemono. Tyler, yes, sir. Would you like to pick a movie and tell us about it?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Bakemono, uh, which is about a multitude of guests who visit some cheap, like Tokyo Airbnb, and uh, at different times, unaware of the gruesome creature that's waiting for them. So this was sent to us by the director of the film. Am I right, Douglas Ruse? Rose, is that how you say it?
2: Uh, Yeah, um, Doug Roos, yeah.
0: Doug Roos, yes. Apologies if I'm butchering your last name. But um, I actually really enjoyed this one. It's obviously an independent production, and it definitely has its share of flaws, but I think the flaws are pretty outweighed by the sheer genre love that went into the making of this. You can totally tell this filmmaker loves horror movies, kind of like The Thing, and a little bit of Hellraiser, some Silent Hill I got some skinless Frank vibes from the creature here. Um, And the, uh, the practical effects work is actually pretty great. It has some great gore, too. And the attack scenes are solid. Just a small nitpick, though. The lighting in some of the scenes, in particular with the creatures, are pretty dark. And I think it was done purposely, I think. Because, like, even Hollywood movies do it to hide some of the practical effects. I get it. I just, I thought the creature looked awesome and I wish we could actually see it a little bit better. Um, I love that apartment setting. I, I love movies that have apartment settings, stuff like Rosemary's baby and the Polanski's apartment trilogy. I just, I love movies like that. And uh, there's always this dark feeling of dread running throughout, which I really dug. Uh, There's a lot of characters, a lot. And I think, because there were so many characters in the movie, a lot of them are left underdeveloped. But because the film kind of takes a more nonlinear approach, I can easily look past something like that. I I love nonlinear films and I think it works here for the most part. But uh, overall it's a it's a solid little movie. And like I said, this filmmaker has a ton of talent just in terms of creating. An, an uneasy atmosphere. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing more from him in the future. It, it takes a lot to get something made and put out there for the world to see. And uh, I respect it just for that. So yeah, thanks for sharing
1: with us, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I have to agree with T again, nothing, nothing but respect and props for getting it done and getting it out there. And especially for letting us see it. Cause you know, <laughs> We're mean. Um, but it didn't it didn't work for me and I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, I think a lot of the effects were pretty cool. There there was some really solid work there, but I I didn't think the monster left a very good impact. For me it was kinda like um I, I, I read into it and a lot of folks said Frank from but I didn't see Frank. I saw like the skinless monsters you first run into in the first Silent Hill. Like it or the skin monster sack monsters. I mean, it's it's fine, it's okay. It's just it didn't really stick out to me from a generic monster design. But it was done well, so you know. Plus on that, uh, the lighting was not great. Uh, I'm watching it in four K, and it is still a little too hard to see things in spots where it shouldn't be. And this is. This isn't like against this movie. This is just the current trend in cinematography since 4k became the standard is folks just point and shoot without thinking about how it looks or the artistic thing. They think as long as they see it in the lens, it's okay. And it, yeah, it's, it's okay, but you know, uh, you could have lit it a little better, a little light here. You know, you could have done some shadowing. And again, this isn't, like, a mark against this specific film. This is just where the trend is going, especially with low-budget stuff. I just, I'm just disappointed every time I see it, because you, you could have worked some really neat shadows and some really neat lighting effects in that it's an Airbnb, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's an visually interesting space and like just some LEDs in the little uh, detailings would have gone like a long way to making, you know, and that's just, that's just a pet peeve. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, don't watch this movie because of this. Just while I'm watching it, I'm just thinking, man, they could have done so much with this space and that's a nitpick. (laughs) But my real issue with the movie is uh, something Tyler liked was how they approach the story. It's there's too much. There's too many intercut sub stories and they're done. They're intercut so much that it kind of kills any tension, any buildup. And for me, every scene just felt wash, rinse, repeat. Here's the new person here. They are having a conversation with someone or themselves here. They're suddenly getting angry here. They're attacked by the monster. And each step along the way is repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated, but it's intercut. Each one is intercut with at least there's, it's always at least three going at a time. Sometimes there's like four. I think there's, there's like, I I lost count of how many victims there's there's a shit ton of them. There is a lot. And we kind of lose out with that much being intercut. I appreciate what he's going for. Uh you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Juwan series and it reminded me of that. Except Juan takes it's time a bit more generally with the characters. At, least the original series let's not talk about some of those later sequels and i i think that's that's why it didn't click for me there's too much being told in such a shuffled way that it doesn't ever connect yeah i'll watch i'll watch anything else he makes i i am on board for what comes next i just feel that this one didn't quite land uh I give it props for getting done. I I give it a a lot of credit for having a real um, that, you know, they really tried to do something interesting with it. But I think they just they overshot too much. And instead of like knowing where to edit down, they just threw in all the ideas. And it's just I I just think it's a little too overstuffed. So it, it undermines itself. Especially that landlord, man. That landlord, like, if you had to cut something, I would have cut all of him. He was terrible. (laughs) such an uninteresting villain. His rambling was just goofy as hell. That's just me. Others might find him creepy, but Crowley and Satanism is hilarious as it is. So having this guy being all like, ah, (laughs) in the last couple sequences was just. It was it was too much for me to take serious.
2: Well, um, I'm always taken aback on the rare occasion when people contact us and ask us to uh, review their movies if we want to. My first reply is always, "Do you know we have Dave in the podcast?" Because I just I just you're...
1: always want to. Always nice to people that come to <laughs> sure. us. And I'm always fair um, because I respect them deeply. I don't respect some people we watch, like Trevor Sims, or the guy that made uh that Netflix racist movie. But I respect Mr. Ruse. But
2: but we went back and forth with a couple of emails because I just I like to I like to be completely transparent from the beginning and make sure that people know we will happily watch your film if you want us to but that does not guarantee a glowing review like you're not giving us access in exchange for you know guaranteed positivity that it, it just would never happen we would never do that so um I had a I had a decent little chat and doug also gave me a little little bit of extra info with uh, context for the film uh but then that that was that the the film got to the film and it has to has to stand on its own this is i think the second feature from doug he did the sky is fallen back in what is it, 2009 uh i haven't seen that one unfortunately According to IMDb, there is also another film called Bakemono from uh, 2023, but that's okay. That's a short, but it certainly does enough to to confuse. Because whenever I was typing this in to double check the details, I I think I got everything from Baker Street to Great British Bake Off. Uh, if I could remember how to how to perfectly spell it, I think. There are good ideas here, and I think I tend to agree more with Dave on the issues. Um, there are far too many characters they're not always um given the best introductions or <laughs> There's not always enough reason given for us to be interested. Like, there was uh, the, the two guys that went to a place uh, together, and oh, I, I don't know if I was missing something, but one was chatting in Japanese, and then a guy would reply to him. and then the landlord or someone came in to speak, and that guy was saying, I'm sorry, I don't speak Japanese.
1: Okay, no, he was... Korean. Oh, they were, they oh, were speaking sorry. English, Korean, and Japanese in that scene. There it was a freeway of the languages. Yeah,
2: and because my dumbass couldn't tell the difference between Korean and Japanese.
1: Well, the, the way they presented it, and I, I, I get why they did it, uh, but yeah, it was a little, um, it, it was it was a little off. I think that's one of those things that would have landed better if you were, you know. Japanese watching it because,
2: or again, if yeah, it'd be a, a bit more streamlined because it had gone back and forth between the characters, but that's that's on me then. Uh, my bad, but but now that makes more sense. But I I thought, you know, the way I was watching, it, I was like, oh, he's just, you know, I, I think he's kind of fucking with this guy, and you know, that's part of the whole deal. To well, the the monster could appear, and and this guy realized he shouldn't have, you know. Fucked about so much because you has got to find out uh, what's happening. So it didn't it didn't spoil anything for me. I was just curious about like why that was playing out. But my bad, apologies, Doug. I lost the thread there. Um, I do just think it's it's too busy though with too many different characters, with without enough there. There are individual moments that work well. The monster for me actually kept reminding me of. Is it the Tooth Monster in Channel Zero?
1: Yes, uh, I see. Yeah, camp, camp yeah, camp yeah I get cult. that.
2: Yeah, like a gloopy, fleshy uh, Tooth Monster. Uh, so I was cool with that. It was good. I was going to mention the the lighting levels, but I, I wasn't entirely sure this, <laughs> this was something that might still be tweaked before the, the film goes wider anywhere. I don't know. Uh, it is certainly something I hope uh, could be fixed or maybe it was to to hide certain uh, things at the edge of the frame to keep all the effects looking as impressive as it could be for the budget. I mean, they're, they're really good. The the creature is fantastic, so that's great. And I was also impressed by uh, some of the shots that seem to be filmed around Tokyo. Like, for this kind of film... Uh, getting, getting out there with just a, a few establishing shots was was enough to to make me pleasantly surprised because I envisioned this all taking place in the one location. I was like, right, that's going to be the easy way to do this. Maybe have a few neon signs outside the window that you know say Central Tokyo, and that was it. So, I mean. Doug has done a great job with that, with making the most of his resources. None of the cast are, uh, I don't think, that bad. Apart from um, the guy who was just uh, crying about his ex.
1: Oh, the, was he uh, Australian? That guy was terrible also. I forgot about him.
2: No, uh, well, the email from Doug, oh. who's me a rundown of a couple of characters. He's uh, Irish-American guy called Sean.
1: Oh, that and, was Irish? Uh, well that was not that was not Irish.
2: Irish American? His name's Connor.
1: Connor oh, yeah. Lynn is well, the actor well, who played. I him. know other people named <laughs> Connor and guess what? They're not they're not Irish. Well with uh,
2: with respect to Connor I I think he was a weak link here. Um but I I didn't really find any fault with the rest of the cast, they all do good work and uh, yeah, there's there's definitely more to like than to dislike here I definitely get Dave's uh, comment about the grudge I was feeling that vibe as well and uh, I just think wh- whether it is uh, because Doug wanted to fit in so many different story strands that were picking up on uh, news items or modern uh, problems that have uh, been part of Tokyo life I don't know, or whether he just thought that was the way to to keep things interesting and busy I, I just think he put too much in there and and in this case, less would have been more.
1: Well, he he doubled down on things. That uh, uh, I hate to interrupt, and I think this was because, like each, because there's really like like four groups of three subset stories, or something like that. And there's a little too much repetition among them. Like multiple have, you know, uh, non-Japanese. Partner with a Japanese person. In uh, one, they've been broken up, so he's crying over them. In another one, they're together for a hookup. And in the third one, they're long distance and they're talking. It's like, well, I've seen this. I've seen this setup. And then there's, you know, there's like three where it's two or three girls together and their friendship, and I'm like, okay, well, I've seen that. I, I get wanting to show like a try to to show a diverse a wider range of characters. <laughs> but I think in trying to do that he showed fewer. yeah although he did also include a sex scene
2: that was probably enough to keep Tyler happy for a good 20 minutes just to yes. remember that uh every japan episode needs
1: a certain amount of sexual content which is why we really <laughs> need someone to get on and make uh hint I came in three. Before next <laughs> January, please.
2: It was it was good that the timing worked out for us, and uh, it was it was very nice of of Doug to get in touch, and yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that none of us hated this, and we could offer hopefully some constructive criticism there, and uh, and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that uh, that Tyler really liked it. It can never tell with that boy or tyler Th- does that leave me now talking about assassination <laughs> classroom
1: yes it does
2: right so <laughs> let's uh let's figure out how to talk about this one uh, assassination classroom is based on uh the J- manga dave manga or anime
1: yeah
2: I- i've not um i've not read the manga i've not seen the anime i'm unfamiliar with it but you quickly get up to speed uh with this basically a portion of the moon is uh destroyed and then the uh creature that did that comes to earth says that It will destroy Earth, but in the meantime, wants to teach a bunch of kids. And if they can kill it before the deadline, then Earth will be saved. That's enough. Uh, The actual creature is a tentacled mutant, can move super fast, can turn into a number of different shapes. Uh it's wild and wacky. It looks uh like Tyler said earlier, like the what was it the Walmart?
0: The rollback price Walmart guy.
2: There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Big smiley yellow face, uh yellow tent tentacles, but tentacle arms with fingers, like those uh sticky hands you could throw at the wall and they would just roll down the wall. Uh yeah.
1: Uh, what were those called? They were made by Dr. Fad, the uh, wacky wall crawlers. Oh, I love wacky crawlers. There we wall go. Crawlers.
2: Yeah, it looks like a wacky wall crawler with a big, like, smiling face emoji on top. Perfect. Oh, we should do this like properly as a profession. We're brilliant, Dave. Anyway, yay. Uh, the the classroom has the expected number of um. individuals that stand out for different reasons they have the difference like dramas there's a bit of backstory with uh, a previous teacher who'd gone away etc 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 what you get from this film is uh, the students trying to attack their teacher the teacher uh, mainly avoiding those attacks and being pleased by the efforts and advising the students on how to get better in the skill set, like this was a blast. I really liked Assassination Classroom. If I had the time and the memory, I would probably like try check out as much more of it as I could. I didn't have time to check out the um, sequel. I didn't have time to check out the uh, any of the the anime. It's um. I mean, I, I'm too scared to jump in any manga series because I always assume every one of those has about eight hundred volumes. So I don't know if I'll ever have time for that. But this was, uh, like, this was just so fun and bizarre, and the the concept just works so well. It's ridiculous. And they just set that up, and that's it. The rest plays out as it should, but it's all connected to this ridiculous central concept. And I, I, I thought it was great. It, it took me a while because I thought uh, initially, like in the earlier scenes, I thought the teacher was being a little bit more, um, not, not harsh. Uh, and well, a little bit more maybe blase and a little bit more sort of uncaring about what was happening anyway because they knew the extent of the powers but as it played out I realised that the teacher was offering some quite proper advice to the students on how to get better with their uh, assassination attempts and how to try and deal with <laughs> with the creature before them, and I, I thought it was like really good. And the bond that you get in the basically in the second half of the movie, a standard teacher student thing, is really well done. And I would never have guessed. That was coming from the opening scenes. You know, I didn't think this was going to be the mad Japanese sci-fi equivalent of Goodbye, Mr. Chips. But there you go.
1: I, I would have gone with up the down staircase, but yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they, I I think the effects work really well for what they're putting on here. Um, like, yeah, it was it was really good. Um, there were, I, if there's one main problem with it, I think it's the uh, is it at the midway point or maybe just before with the other character who comes in the new teacher. Yeah,
1: Which, yeah, it's, yeah. It's I wasn't I point. wasn't
2: so bothered about that, um, and that character comes back and it's you know they're used better later on, but I just wasn't that bothered by their appearance in the the midway uh section but yeah this was uh it was just a lot of fun and it, it is in the style of of so many of these films where it's it's a scenario, and that scenario is going to you know keep happening with a number of slight variations but that's fine I would say I like this almost as much as I liked uh, Gantz like we've watched some good some good wacky Japanese sci-fi in our Japanary travels and I am down with those that's me
0: um I didn't quite love this one, if I'm being totally honest. I like aspects of it. Uh, there's definitely some good stuff here, but it feels like a movie that would be a lot better if you had previous knowledge of the anime before going into the live-action version. I think it starts strong. I like the weird vibes of the opening 30 minutes or so. Then it just kind of loses steam in the middle section, and it just never really recovers for me uh, from there on out. The... Like I like to call it the Walmart smiley face sticker guy, uh, octopus dude. Uh, I thought he looked kind of goofy. I, I get it was supposed to look cartoony. I get that. But uh the aesthetic just kind of didn't really work for me overall. Maybe in small doses, but not an hour and 40 minutes of them. It was just it was a little much for my personal taste. Cass was okay for the most part. I liked the girl with the weird tentacle hair. She was awesome. Um, but I know it's based off an anime, and I think the movie works better as an anime. Uh, sometimes animation doesn't really translate well to live action, and I would use this as the perfect example. I love Gantz. I really love that movie. I just I I wouldn't put it on the level of Gantz because I really love that series. It's okay. It's not the worst I've seen. It's just not something I really liked either. It's it's fine. It's in the middle for me.
1: Um, I knew I was going to pick this, so I took the month to watch the anime adaption. Also, uh, I think the movie is a solid. Go with the material, okay? Uh, since Gantz was named, and, and you know, I, I mentioned hentai came in earlier. Manga and anime adaptations go for one of two ways. They either find a way to do the material well for film and you get something strong like Gantz or Hintai Kamen. Or they get they do. Uh, hey, you've read the manga. You've seen the anime. Now we'll do the greatest hits, which is, you know, it's something that, that we do in the U.S. really does with biopics. Um, and those those are a bit more hit and miss. This is the second version where if you'd seen the anime or read the manga, you would get some of it a bit more like um, like the teacher that comes in. He is incredibly violent and abusive. In the anime and in the manga and in the movie, he's just kind of a little mean, like he's like a little verbally mean. He's not, you know, beating the kids. So it kind of it undermines it. But I think compared to some others that did it this way, like uh, the um, the Attack on Titan movies suck. Because they just they pick and choose greatest hits and it doesn't really gel. Um The Death Note movies are a little little hit and miss because they do similar. Uh, I think for that kind the pick and choose, you know it. So we're gonna make a, a movie out of it. This is one of the better ones. I, I do think it flows pretty well. It, it undercuts. It does undercut itself in bits because. You know, they don't want to show middle school kids being actually abused in live action. And I get it. I do. But it it, it harms it. You needed to find a better way to approach it. I think the cast is is fine. Uh, I liked Koro Sensei. I thought it looked really good. It, it looks a little lightweight at times. But it's, you know, this was a when the, 2015 a Japanese movie made for like nothing. So, I mean, given what they had at hand, I think they made it work pretty well. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I I had a blast, but I, I do think you would enjoy it more if you knew what you were If you had, you know, a basis for things. But if you've seen it, it's worth checking out. If you haven't. The anime is a lot of fun. The manga is only 21 volumes. So if you really want to read it, that shouldn't take you long at all. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I'll I, bet you it by now. It's it's probably in some uh, larger collections like. Uh, oh, crap. What was the one we were talking about? Uh, we were talking about with with Craig Berserk is in some really nice collections now. And this this is one that's been popular enough for long enough that there's probably like a three volume epic collection out there somewhere. I recommend it. Check it out. It's time to pick one, guys.
0: I'm going to go with Baki Mono. <laughs>
2: Uh, Although I feel bad that we didn't name check the director and writers for it, I uh, have to go with Assassination Classroom.
1: Oh, you mean um, Ichiro Hasumi, who also did. um...
2: I mean, Tyler should know him because he then went on to do a couple of the Resident Evil ones. The
1: Resident Evil cartoons. He did a re-slash member on uh, Netflix. That it, I think that was that was okay. I, I think maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe it wasn't so okay. In you're, you're, head, mis- you're okay.
2: misremembering, Dave. It's a good concept, not done well.
1: I, I okay. gave it three out of ten, and this is Kevin Simmons. Right. Well, like I, I didn't finish it. Like, <laughs> I, I have this terrible habit of starting TV shows and never finishing them. So
0: he did Death Island, right? The Resident Evil, the newest one. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, oh, and yeah. the one right oh, before yeah. it. That's a good. And one. I mean, the writers have mainly done.
2: Um, well, mainly Assassination Classroom yeah. It's probably their the, the, the big, biggest stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. This this is tough. I'm gonna give the edge to Assassination Classroom just because I really in, it was fun for me. But I'm I'm gonna say if you get a chance to check out Bakemono, you should totally do it. You've seen way worse horror movies over the years. Uh, You know, I mean, maybe if he brightens it up in spots before everybody gets to see it, just all for the better. Uh, But I don't think you could go wrong with either this week, honestly. But I I do give the edge to Assassination Classroom. Next week, we are ending the month with our second tribute to to Takashi Mikkei. Did I say that right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. Uh, And uh, so far, me and Tyler have picked. No, me and Kevin have picked. Pick Pick went with. uh, Gosh, shit. Kevin went with Blade of the Immortal. I can speak. I went with Fudo, the new generation. T, what Takashi Mikkei flick are you inflicting on us?
0: I'm going with a movie about drug smuggling and sex workers. Are you surprised? How shocked are you now? Guys, just uh, how sh-
1: I peed a little. Yeah,
0: I thought so. Um, first love from 2019
2: please feel free to email us at Raiders of at gmail.com and as you have heard on this week's episode, we will consider uh, watching a movie that is offered to us if people understand that we have a Dave. Uh, we're on Instagram Raiders underscore of underscore the underscore podcast. We have the Facebook group uh, that is uh, where Tyler did you do a Wednesday post this week?
1: I did not. Jesus.
2: For Tyler sometimes, as Wednesday posts and we he's, share stuff there.
1: He's about to do it on Friday.
2: Yeah. I am. He has He has been ill, so I'll let him off. Uh, there's a YouTube channel where I try and put a video there every every Monday or Tuesday. And generally, like, subscribe, rate us, share us, help us achieve world domination in 2024 because, you know what? We deserve it. And you deserve it we all deserve it.
1: As always, thanks for listening. Uh thanks for joining me guys. Uh special thanks to Stephen Roos for letting us watch his movie. That was like awesome. Thank you so and, much. And Doug Roos too. Doug Roos. Oh my god. Did I I said <laughs> Stephen, did not. I? He
0: said Stephen? Oh shit.
1: I'm Doug. I am I am so sorry, man. I the lights the lights are on no one is home it's okay I get my own, I got my own name wrong this week <laughs> I got my own name wrong this week I was talking I was talking to somebody at and I just like I gave I I told them my name was Dan I don't know why I told them my name was Dan it just it just came out <sighs> This is why I'm going to die alone and my dog's going to eat me. And I'll talk to you next week. See ya. I am your
0: picture you You wrote I love you I love you too I sit and stare when there's nothing else to do I'm with some color Your hair was brown Your eyes are hazel and soft as clown.
2: No one else around.